Hey, this is Sandy. And Randy. And we're here on AT Corner. Being an athletic trainer comes with ups and downs, and we're here to showcase it all. Join us as we share our world in sports medicine. Welcome back to another episode of AT Corner. For our story episode this week, we're going to be continuing with the positivity and the good news with talking about our best comebacks, part two. Best comebacks, not as in someone said something and you had a really good comeback. (laughs) (laughs) It's the witty episode today. Oh my goodness. I am not ready for that. It's way too early for that. (laughs) No, we were talking about those best athlete comebacks from coming back from injury, those um, long rehabs, basically the most satisfying part of the job. Yeah, like the, I was going to say like the easiest part because I feel like our jobs are so up and down. True. Yeah. It's definitely the up part yeah. of our job. <laughs> it definitely is the up part. <laughs> um. So we do have a continuation of last uh, story episode, which was two weeks ago, um, talking about um, different uh, ways that athletes have come back from injury and how that's been celebrated. Mm-hmm. So we are going to start with that. However, this episode, we're also going a little bit more into um, the specifics of like what favorite injuries people have to watch and come back from rather mm-hmm. than just in general. Also, um, we go a little bit more on the, I guess, the more serious side and talk about how if you've ever had to tell an athlete that they can't play for the rest of their season. And we talk about um, how to have that conversation and then also um, what to do when you have an athlete who isn't going to come back yeah. to sport because that happens too. Yeah, for sure. So I feel like we have a good um, broad amount of stories for this episode. Oh, good. Yeah. So um, we're just going to get started with a storybook experience um, from an anonymous listener. Uh, Storybook AT experience, really. Senior star quarterback sprained his ankle toward the end of season in a game. I worked really hard with him through the week doing aquatic therapy and progressing to land. He played the whole game the next week and we won and he did give credit to me. (laughs) Just watching him to be able to play was and be successful was certainly one of my greatest successes as Ah, an athlete. That's awesome. That's really cool. Isn't cool when you're like, man, like this person just isn't like they aren't ready yet. But Mm -hmm. then you're like, maybe if we just do like this type of rehab or we do this type of treatment. And actually, that's what I was trying to get to on some of the the story prompts, too, is like, like, for example, I had someone who was having some hamstring pain, like distal hamstring pain. Mm -hmm. And um, this was like years ago and a softball player. And she was... um, she was working with a couple different athletic trainers and it was, it would just like really start bugging her in the middle of the game. And she just really couldn't get past, like we would do treatment and it would last her for probably like half a game. And then just, it just wouldn't really get beyond that. Mm -hmm. Um, but this one time I I was like, you know what, we're going to stop doing what we've been doing and let's just like think out of the outside the box. Like, what else can attach in kind of that area and like what else is there that we can kind of attack it with and i started working on her calves and as soon as i started working on her calves boom that was the game changer yeah exactly that's awesome and i remember like how excited she was i remember her running around like 
right outside of the um we have a little satellite atr right outside of there we have like this asphalt she's like running around there and she was like look i can run like all this oh my stuff. gosh that's funny it was it was really cool that's awesome yeah i've had uh uh we had um for one of my women's soccer teams we had one of our forwards who hurt her hamstring like later in the season and you know it was getting close to conference mm-hmm. conference tournament time so just going through the management of like hey like we kind of need her mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um so trying to be able to balance those games where like hey maybe maybe coach didn't need her as much so we can have her for right like, the more important games. so that was that was a fun one to deal with for sure right but she definitely ended up playing i believe she was playing in our com- in our conference final so, hmm. made it happen. That's awesome. Uh, you want to read this next one from Emily yes, G? This one's by Emily G. I had a butterfly swimmer out eight plus months for shoulder ligament tightening surgery. Throughout the recovery, she did two days a week with a PT and three days a week with me. Came back to swim for her senior night. I shed a tear. She shed a tear. Said if it weren't for me, she wouldn't have been there. Great moment and one of my first post-op patients. Mm. This year, I had a basketball athlete out for an MCL sprain. Immediately when it happened, he was asking if I thought he'd be back in time to play in a specific basketball tournament. He told me it was his dream to play in since he was a kid. It was a huge national event on TV, Basketball Hall of Fame. We were only seven weeks out from the event. Me and the strength coach at the school helped this kid do everything everything possible to get back and he did came into the game and hit two threes back to back i literally tried to stay chill on the bench but (laughs) i was screaming and clapping because i was so happy for him his dream came true and he worked every second for it that's crazy that's so cool i think we did talk about in another episode um like being an athletic trainer who is like silent on the sidelines Uh or or who's not you know it's it's just personal preference obviously but um that is so that's so cool i know definitely memorable especially when you hit back-to-back threes oh my goodness um this next one uh we have two stories this one is anonymous so i have two athletes comeback stories that i wanted to share with you guys i'll start with the first one i had a football lineman a couple years ago hurt his back during his junior season we started working on rehab because it was kind of an insidious onset There wasn't a moment where something happened. He just started to feel lower back pain over time. So we worked on rehab for a couple weeks, and then there was no real improvement in his symptoms. I had him go see a doctor to figure out if there's anything extra going on. Turns out he had fractured his L4 and L5 vertebrae, and that's where the pain was coming from. Mm. So he missed all his spring ball and most of summer and half of his senior varsity season doing rehab, recovering from back surgery, and generally trying to work his way back onto the field. His surgeon was hesitant to clear him for any football activities. I wonder if it was more like a, um, not a compression, but like a, um, I don't know, with with both vertebrae. I know, seriously. Like an overuse. I don't know what yeah. that would be. Hmm, crazy. Oh, for linemen, they have a big susceptibility to spondies. Oh, right. Right. So maybe spondylolisthesis. Mm-hmm. At two levels? Well, I was going to say at two levels. Is that something? I don't know. We need to get our back surgery back (laughs) on But he continued to work hard, show up every day, and be dedicated to his rehab. And he was able to demonstrate to his surgeon the level of strength that we had developed throughout his rehab program. 
We finally got the okay from surgeon to, uh, for him to be cleared to play on his senior night. And that was a very rewarding moment to see him and take the field for the first time in almost more than a year. Wow, that's crazy. And for him to go out there and be successful was amazing to see. After the game, he sat on the field and cried. And I went and I sat with him and I cried as well and told him that I was proud of him for all the work that he did. And it was a great moment for the both of us. He has since come back to thank me again after he graduated and is doing great in his job now. He always wanted to be a mechanic for classic cars and he's working on the path doing that pain free. Oh, that's free. cool. <laughs> that's Isn't awesome. that really cool? Yeah, then that's the keyword right there, pain free. Um, I know what the answer is going to be for this because you don't really cry, but have you ever cried with an athlete? No. Yeah, I haven't either, but I've heard of athletic trainers who have. Uh-huh. And just like it just shows you the relationship that they've mm-hmm. had with those athletes and just like the empathy that is shared within that and the relationship oh, yeah. that's built and the rapport. And it it's, it's definitely surreal. I bet. Oh, hundred percent for sure. I mean, you're, you're sharing the same journey as they are pretty much. I mean, outside mm-hmm. of them experiencing the setback and like, right. the pain, right. but you're still, you're with them on that journey. So, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. The second story that I have is about another football player who was one of our slot receivers who dislocated his shoulder during a game. Oof. And his uh, during his game his sophomore year and then was not recommended surgery or anything like that by the doctors. After that f- football season and over the course of like two or three months, he subluxed or dislocated his shoulder three or four more times doing various activities like snowboarding or just playing football in the backyard or whatever. So I had told him that it would be a good idea to go see a doctor again and see if surgery was going to be recommended at this point. He did that and the surgery was recommended and he planned to have the surgery early enough so that he could be done with his rehab process before junior season started. All of that seemed to be going well and we were on the same page with the surgeon that he had done the surgery early enough in the year to be able to not miss very much, if any time at all, during his junior season. As we got closer and closer to season start, he did his check-ins with the surgeon, even though he was showing really great progress, range of motion-wise, strength-wise, and all those general markers that we look for in the rehab. The surgeon was still hesitant to let him do any football practice or drills. We did two check-ins that went exactly the same way, where he described the surgeon coming in, not listening to any of his concerns at one point. Um, We had filmed videos of him doing his rehab exercises, even going as far as like throwing a football at him. And showing that he could catch and do things like that. But the surgeon had no interest in any of those things. And just kept telling him that the clearance date wouldn't be until November. Which was a week after our regular season ends. Oh man. This would have effectively kept him out for all of his junior season. Even though he had done his work up front to try and have the surgery at a time when where he would be able to return. And uh, had been the perfect rehab patient hitting all of his markers. Doing all of his exercises. I offered to him and his parents that they could come see our team doctor, who is an orthopedic surgeon, and get a second opinion and see what he says about the situation. So we were able to set up an appointment with our team doc, and um, he did take a look at him and confirm my thoughts, which was that he was looking great, and his range of motion was great, and his strength was great, and he had no concerns about the surgery failing, even if he were to play football. That was great news for the player and his family. They were all excited about the prospect of him being able to play. The caveat was that we had to continue working on rehab throughout the rest of the season and that we he had to check in with me every single day to make sure there were things that were still on the right track. He was finally able to get back into practice and work his way back onto the playing squad. And in his first game back on the field, caught a pass across the middle, turned, put the Jets, and <laughs> scored. Uh, touchdown late in the game that helped seal the victory for us 
In that moment, everyone was super excited and jumping around and I was so happy to see him be successful out on the field again. But the moment that was really special to me was during his celebration, he ran up to me and this athlete is not on the tall side. <laughs> so I was able to point up in the air as he was running at me and he knew that he uh, that he came and jumped and I lifted him by his shoulder pads oh and held him in front of the crowd while everyone was cheering for him. It's funly, funny too because the sideline camera captured that moment on huddle and you can see just how excited everybody was but overall those were very two special athletes um and athlete comeback stories that have happened to me recently oh my gosh that's really cool (laughs) isn't it it is really cool wow what a what a what a turn of events i know i know also so we were randy and i have been talking about this um with and i guess it just also depends on your own um I guess your state uh, organization bylaws or like your league or your organization or whatever whatever your, your sponsoring sport body is like NCAA or yeah, like that or like like NAIA or we have, we're both within the California community college athletic association. So we have to go off the bylaws of those things. Um, But as far as getting a second opinion and getting um, team doctors um, we all know that our team doctors work with sports and that they are going to be more likely to let our athletes play, mm-hmm. um, because that they are aware of what athletic trainers are. Yeah. They're comfortable with what our, our abilities are, um, rather than a random physician who doesn't want to extend their liability on that, which is totally understandable. Um, but we we have been talking off podcast about this and how um the team doc does have a final say in a lot of situations mm-hmm. um if not all situations so um just heads up if you want to if you guys heard this and want to look into that that's something that we've kind of been talking about so. yeah for sure cuz it's true you don't want like some random healthcare professional maybe not know that much about sports also go the opposite way and clear someone who are team doc would probably be like yeah this person shouldn't be cleared right right as much as it would make the athlete happy yes <laughs> yes um do you have a favorite injury to rehab or favorite injury to watch return uh, i feel like i can't think of one off the top of my I head say, i think now like i don't necessarily have like a favorite like, i wouldn't be like oh this one's really cool to come back from. i mean they're mm-hmm. all cool to come back from i think but mm-hmm. um it used to be hamstring because oh, like, really? just because of track, mm-hmm. like it just how devastating of an injury that can be mm-hmm. um, for a sprinter. Um, I think that was always the most satisfying because mm-hmm. like a lot of, a lot of, a lot of athletes would think like, Oh man, like my season's basically done. So being able to right. kind of come back and get them back and uh, compete at a high level, that was always fun. Mm-hmm. I don't know what mine is. I feel like we have to talk about it a little bit more before I off the top of my head yeah <laughs> um we got one from jen b and i i really love this she she said that her favorite is the ucl oh okay and the reason why i love this is because i feel like most people don't think upper extremity when they're thinking about what's their favorite to like yeah. work with and rehab and watch return to play and everything jen b says i feel like pitching takes more precision than standing running jumping etc not discounting someone that's come back strong from that of course it's not easy, 
but for the most part, you're strengthening muscles that are meant to be big and strong. When you're rehabbing a UCL, you're working on perfecting the strength of small muscles that will be doing a pretty specific job, mostly speaking in terms of pitching at the moment. So it just seems like it's a bit bigger of a hurdle to get back to where you were before. Since pitching isn't really a natural movement, and it requires specific strength of so many muscles from the back up around the shoulder and down the arm. I don't know, it, se- it just seems different to me. More fine motor rather than gross motor achievements. And if a pitcher doesn't come back 100%, he's essentially done because you can't really compensate for incorrect pitching mechanics or decreases in velocity or accuracy. So there's a bit more riding on that person coming back and doing well. Yeah, that's true. So I was like thinking of this first, like it was the first thing that popped in my head, but I feel like I was trying to think of some examples, but I think I really like to see low back and SI joints return or rehab those. Yeah. Because that you can really make a big difference when you actually start incorporating like deep core, TA, Mm -hmm. pelvic floor, kind of stuff like that. Like hip flexor strength when they're like, no, my hip flexors are plenty strong. And you're like, actually, no, they're not. No, they're not. They're really not. Um, But I feel like SI, I had a football player who had, he had a pretty severe SI joint pain that Mm -hmm. he couldn't make it through warmups. And um, I feel like just, and he was not compliant with rehab. So that was fun. Oh, super. You know what? The days that he was compliant with Uh rehab and kind of like when he started to become compliant with rehab, you could really tell a difference. Yeah. And I think like just seeing the amount of change that that Mm -hmm. a lot of times I feel like you do rehab exercise and you're like, I promise this is going to work. And like (laughs) you You will see a difference. Right. But I feel like with SI, like you can really see the difference. Have you ever had to tell an athlete that they can't play for the rest of their season? Yes. Yeah. 92% of people said yes. The 8%, I said not yet, not no, because that's kind of a given yeah because it will happen said not yet it will happen yes it is not a it is not a fun conversation no it's it's not some people take it better than other people mm-hmm. and i they think do. i think part of it is the um shock of it yeah um a lot of a lot of times like you might get someone who's like take it take it take it and then they go home and just like crash i think the hardest ones are the ones that are in denial right because then it kind of hits them like a like a ton of bricks, mm-hmm. like just the bad news. Yeah, it's and it's also you'd never know who it's going to happen to, so you yeah. don't know if it's going to be your athlete that's that you have a really good rapport with, or one of your athletes who you haven't seen as much. Mm-hmm. I had an athlete who I've shared before, um, who tore his ACL, and he didn't know what an ACL was, and so not only oh, yeah, that's right. did I have to tell him what happened but mm-hmm. i also kind of had to break the heaviness of the news yeah. because i think that he just wasn't understanding fully mm-hmm. and it's a it's definitely a fine balance because it's not like you want to go in and be like hey dude like this is like bad news right yeah. you don't want to put that in their head but you do want to kind of like let them down easy and say you know like this is something that you're gonna have to go see a surgeon mm-hmm. and if you are going to want to be um, active for the rest of life, you're you're probably going to want to repair this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
and you don't want them to like be caught blindside in a way that like when they see the doctor and they're like yeah this is gonna be like a year right all right so you want them to be prepared that hey this you might hear this like this is right. gonna be a thing mm-hmm. so um we also have some and I, it depends on your setting too and yeah. it also depends on which doctors you're working with but um we do have some i think later in the episode we have a little bit of um tips on how to have that conversation i think right here it's more about some tips as uh, i have two two stories about people who've um done it but okay um we do have tips at the end and and they Absolutely. do they do kind of vary depending on like setting okay um you want to read this one yes, from Jen B this one's by Jen B let them know how much it sucks and it will likely be hard make sure they know you'll be there with them every step of the way and that they are more than capable of getting over this hurdle the specifics are always tailored to that athlete and your relationship with them too. Yeah, it really yeah, is. Pretty much. Especially if uh if you have someone I I guess it kind of depends like judgment call because if you yeah. have someone who's in more denial like sometimes they have to hear it from the doctor. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes they're not going to hear it from you yeah. and maybe that's not your your place. Yeah. Yeah. Right? True. And it's not about us. It's about how the athlete's going to move forward. Yep, for sure. Like we had an athlete who three athletic trainers told this person that they had likely torn their ACL and they were like, but I'm fine. And it wasn't until we sent them to doc and then they saw the scans and yeah, and then they're like, oh, okay. Yep, I tore We've got to do this. Yep. Uh, the next one's by Savannah B. The first time I had to do it, I was nervous sick because it was a senior. Ooh, that is tough. Mm -hmm. I knew the mechanism of injury. And before I even went to special testing, had a pretty good idea. It was season ending. The athlete was surprisingly okay. I think deep down they knew it too. The athlete's goal after that was just to get stronger before surgery and just get back to normal life. So yeah, I think that helps too is make having a goal in mind of what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. All right, like I feel like like it's a little hard to do when you're in that situation that like oh man I just tore my ACL my year's done but mm-hmm. like the focus doesn't necessarily change on what you're doing like right like yes you were focusing on perfecting my craft of whatever sport and like practice well now the mindset has to shift to okay now we focus on rehab right, right? I need to focus on just getting everything prepped for surgery and then after the surgery your focus has to be the rehab after that so like Mm -hmm. as an athlete your focus doesn't necessarily go away it just needs to change from like okay well i was focusing so much on my actual sport Mm -hmm. to now you got to focus on doing the tools like it's your sport to get back to your sport Mm -hmm. but that is hard in those situations for an athlete to kind of see that mindset shift right and sometimes it's hard for them to see full picture sometimes it's yes. easier for them to take it piece by piece yeah for sure and but sometimes it's opposite sometimes they're like no i want to see the end i want to mm-hmm. see the light at the end of the tunnel so i know what i'm working towards yeah and kind of like what gen b was saying like just it's about individualizing it for each athlete oh for Honestly, sure i think we can just go straight into the tips for the hard conversations yep perfect so the first tips by mason b Have an athlete who has seen three doctors and had a number of diagnostic tests 
and we still have no clue what's going on. My go-to reframe is we know another thing it isn't, and we can narrow narrow our search, which that's true. Mm-hmm. Mason continues with, this is a right now setback, not a forever problem. Mm-hmm. Which that's true. That's true. You, you can at least identify it's not these things. Right. That's my go-to. I feel like in the orthopedic world, there's a lot of things that are temporary, and I yeah. very much remind them that this is temporary and mm-hmm. and not permanent, and it's not something that defines them. Yeah. Um, how much that falls on deaf ears, I am <laughs> not sure, but I feel like the temporary aspect, like we have, and I also use like light at the end of the tunnel. I mm-hmm. use that a lot. So don't lose that light. We're working towards this. Yeah. Um. But I really like what Mason was saying with, um, you know, it's another thing that it isn't yeah. because it does narrow the search. And how often does this happen that we have multiple doctors who have differing opinions on yeah. what's happening? Yeah, for sure. And how often do we take that into consideration when we are beating ourselves up when yeah. we don't know what's going on? Yeah. We don't. Yeah. We really true. should because we can even take this for ourselves. We know another thing that it isn't. Yeah. That's really true. Right. And it kind of changes how you do your rehab too. Cause like, Hey, now I know it's not these things. So like I maybe may, might be able to be more, a little more aggressive. Right. Right. With, with certain exercises we do because we know it's not these things. So it's not causing that damage. So as, as long as the uh, patient feels okay, mm-hmm. right. It might be all right. I mean, same thing with, uh, you try cupping and it doesn't work for them. Well, there's another thing that doesn't work. Hey, so. you, we know you don't like that. Yeah. Therefore, we don't have to pick through 57 different <laughs> uh, treatment options. Yeah. We can pick through 56. Yep. There you go. <laughs> um, Lindsay D says, give reassurance that they aren't alone and that they have a team. Be calm and consistent voice. I like the saying, this isn't a setback. It's just a set up for what's to come. Man, that's a good one. I know. I really like that one. I've never heard that before. That's a good way of, of looking at it. Not a setback. It's just a set up. That's really cool. I mean, you're always going to have things that pull you back. Well, okay, pull you back is maybe a bad way to say it. Um, you're going to have things that just don't go the way you're expecting them to. Right. Just a setup. Unfortunately, rehab in most cases <laughs> is not a linear process. That is my least favorite thing yes. to hear. Yes, unfortunately. We would all like it to be, right? You would all like it to be pretty linear and just... You know, each day that gets by gets better and better, but that doesn't that's not the reality all the time. No, it isn't. There are some some bad days that kind of pop up. Mm-hmm. Um, next one's by Savannah B. If you know that the injury is bad, example, ACL tear, but you need an MRI to confirm it, don't tell your athletes how bad it really is. Be honest, but don't let them assume the absolute worst just yet. When it's something like the ACL, I tell them, all the testing I did was for the ligaments in your knee. Your ACL felt loose, and with your MOI, that could be indicating that you've done damage to your ACL. We won't know how bad it is until we can see it on an MRI. So it could be a simple fraying of the ligament, or it could be fully torn. We'll cross that bridge once we know 100% what we are working with. Based on multiple conversations with athletes, they appreciate this because they know up front what we are thinking, but it still allows them to have hope that there's a chance that it's bad, but not something that can't be worked through. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I mean, I try to do that too. It's like, hey, I don't have MRI eyes. Mm-hmm. You know, I can only only go off of what 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 it feels like. You know, and I just tell them the concern that I have when I feel like, hey, this just doesn't feel right to me. It feels loose. Mm-hmm. And I think it depends. Like, 
I know that there are some physicians I've worked with who are who will say, "Hey, like don't tell them if it's an yeah. A's. like I want to tell them to mm-hmm. co- like once it's confirmed." Yeah. Um there are also some physicians who are like you are the first one there, so just yeah. like let them know what you're thinking and then we'll confirm it in the office. Um Yeah, if they if they've seen the doctor, like if like if we got the MRI results and I know before the student athlete knows or before their appointment, I try not to say anything. Yeah, like, I, yeah, yeah, I try to let right. the, let the let the doctor do that because they're gonna go over the MRI too. Right. But like I don't know, I just feel like that's a better place mm-hmm. than me just getting a text with not a lot of context and just being like, oh hey, so yeah, your MRI, your uh, ACL is gone. Right. Yeah. You know, so yeah, usually if it's something like that, like like you were saying, like if it's a if they've already seen the doctor and they've done the imaging, I'm just gonna wait until until they have that follow-up but i also feel like it depends on your athlete and depends it's on true. It, because does. if you have a really good relationship with that athlete and maybe they're not as close with the physician mm-hmm. like maybe you take that into consideration yeah. i feel like there's so many things you can't really do a blanket statement on yeah. <laughs> for for these hard conversations mm-hmm. for sure uh, you kind of just have to do it a lot and yes figure out your own style yeah um, I feel like I usually try to break down what's like, let's say I feel like the ACL is kind of the, um, easiest to explain. Mm-hmm. Um, but if, if we're talking about like, um, okay, so, you know, you have ligaments in your knee, ligaments connect bone to bone, mm-hmm. this one, you know, whatever. And I, I try not to go like too anatomical cause I feel like it loses them. Yeah. Um, but if you simplify it enough so that they understand what it does and why mm-hmm. that's not functioning, or maybe if they're saying like, oh, I feel unstable, this is why you feel unstable. Yeah. Um, yeah, usually I usually set it up and I'm like, okay, yeah. like this is what I'm, this is what I'm thinking, but yeah. we also still have to see. Yeah. I could be wrong. Yeah. That's why I don't have MRI eyes. Right. What other, uh. I feel like ACL is the first one you think of when yeah. you think of like season ending, but I feel like what other common? I feel like other knee injuries are can be season ending. Pretty big deal. Yeah. Um, again, it depends on the sport. So like, again, a lot of my experience being cross and track, right? Telling mm-hmm. someone they have a stress fracture, mm-hmm. right? That one's that one's a pretty big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen a stress fracture in baseball. I know it. You don't see that very often. The no. upper extremity mm-hmm. stress fracture, right. but they do happen. Um, I would say, yeah, the hamstring one too. That's kind of a big deal. Mm-hmm. I feel like hamstring is sneaky. It's it like you sneaky. you don't expect it to be. You're like, oh, it's just a hamstring. Yeah. But then all of a sudden, like, oh, it's a, a big, big deal. deal. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. Um. So yeah, I think those ones for me that I've had the most experience kind of telling someone. Hey, this, this is probably what it means. Right. Um, trying to think if any other ones off the top of my head. No, those are just kind of the big one. Those have been the bigger ones for me. Hmm. Concussions. Yeah. I've had a lot of long-term concussions, I feel like. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, well, I've had a lot of concussions in general, not me personally, <laughs> but my athletes. Um, But I feel like especially more recently like in the last couple of years i've had some that have been over six months 
Wow. That's a long time. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. And not necessarily over six months of not returning to any sort of activity, but definitely over six months of continued rehab and trying to get some of their symptoms down. And not just one sport. I mean, obviously a lot from football, but I've seen a couple in baseball. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, we had a, uh, yeah, some just other sports, but kind of crazy. Yeah, that's really crazy. Actually, I feel like lacrosse, lacrosse has a lot of concussions. I think I've only, yeah, lacrosse Women, does. Women's lacrosse. Uh, I think I've only had one, like, uh, long-term concussion. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I can think of at least five. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. And yeah. those are just the ones coming to the top of my head right now. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, I've only had one. Well, that's good. Cross <laughs> cross country athlete. That's also nuts because mm-hmm. you don't think of cross country and concussions as Nope. Uh but you do think of uh if there's any gonna be weird injuries, it's gonna mm-hmm. happen to cross and track. It happened in the weight room. They were goofing around. You know what we need to bring back is the episode that we did on Bizarre mechanisms of injury. Uh, How did people get hurt? Yeah, we should bring that. We should do that soon. Nice little refresher. I know. Um, So the next thing that this is the last thing that I asked was, have you ever had an athlete who got injured and then did not return to sport? And I was actually, I was expecting this to be high, but I wasn't expecting it to be 80% high. Yeah, that's true. 80% of people said on our poll said that they have had an athlete who got injured. And did not return to sport. I wonder if how much of that, too, was just maybe the athlete didn't want to anymore. Right, right. Like, not necessarily that, hey, they just could not. Right. They just like, hey, you know what? I just don't want to go through this again. Or, you know, it's I I don't need to compete at, like, a super competitive level. Mm-hmm. I, I just rather mm-hmm. just kind of just play for fun or mm-hmm. whatever. I've had an athlete who was disqualified, well, medically disqualified. Is that what it's called? Yeah. We, uh had multiple conversations with multiple physicians Mm -hmm. and then we were kind of okay with it and okay all done um and then all of a sudden um he wanted to play again so we had to go through the whole process of i that's something that i wasn't expecting yeah especially seeing um he had an emergency scenario that we had to deal with so um i think I was surprised that he was willing to go through sport again mm-hmm. after he had already gone through a nine one one. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I had, I had one with, uh, I mean, the concussion that we were talking—the long term one. That one, he eventually stopped running. Um, oh, okay. And then I had a back. Um neurological symptoms in her leg um i feel like you've had a lot of those yeah yeah um and didn't get better with rehab and the best part was mri was clean Mm -hmm. didn't see anything on the mri said more rehab but that doesn't work Mm -hmm. um almost nothing would work for this 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 poor girl Um, i think the only thing that kind of worked was acupuncture oh i love acupuncture yeah so but she eventually was kind of medically disqualified dang yeah 
Um, so we have Kevin J. Oh, we have a um, we have a we need a we need a name for Kevin. We do. We need. We've been thinking of what kind of nickname we can give him. We got a cool one from Kevin. I'm a, I'm down with that. <laughs> a cool one from Kevin. <laughs> okay. Um. So, Kevin J. said I had a wrestler with multiple concussions. I was at a high-level academic and military school, and his career was going to suffer if he didn't stop. I talked to the head AT. She spoke with Doc and myself. Then we brought the coach in. After that, all after all that was done, we brought in the athlete and sat him down. He understood it, but wasn't happy about it. He wanted to call his dad and have him be a part of the conversation. So, on a side note, I'm going to mm-hmm. stop this real quick. Um, I feel like this is kind of a more recent observation. Okay. Like, I feel like athletic trainers are so, and this is a blanket statement, not everyone, <laughs> athletic trainers are so hurt when the athlete doesn't update them on certain things that they're going through mm-hmm. or stuff like that. Like, why didn't you tell me? Why mm-hmm. didn't you, you know, blah, blah, blah. But you know what? You might not be part of their support system. Yeah. You want to be part of their support system and you hope to be part of their support system, but that might not be the reality of it. That's true. So the fact that these athletic trainers allowed the kid to call his dad, Mm -hmm. who is part of his support system, that right there tells me that they are looking out for the athlete rather than themselves. Yeah, for sure. That's true. And it's hard when you're in the middle of it, but I've... I think it really does make a big difference. Yeah. It's not about us. Yeah, that's true. So anyway, Kevin uh, continues. On the upside, his dad was a veteran and he had a TBI from his time in the military and helped me with that conversation. We put dad on speakerphone. It was 2000. So FaceTime was in the future. (laughs) And he explained that he agreed with our decision and would support the staff and help his son get through it as well. We were on the East Coast, and he was from a Western state, so the distance made it a little bit more difficult. Some tips. You have to go in calm. At no point can you get territorial. Make sure you have cleared it with all necessary parties and that you have support for your decision. I was lucky that I didn't need to lean on them, but once the decision is made, everyone needs to stick to their guns. Yes. There's nothing worse than an unorganized and not on the same page staff. Yes. That is terrible, especially when you're like dealing with situations like these. Mm-hmm. Cause it is such a sensitive situation that you need to all be on the same page. Cause the minute someone says something different, it's going to like, Oh, well this person thinks that. Oh, and they're going to no. hold on. To yeah. That. <laughs> oh yeah. There's also, um, something that a statistic that I hold on to a lot. And I, and I wish I could fact check this cause I don't remember where it came. Well, I, I think it came from, um, a presentation from a physician, but I, I believe, I, I believe it is that patients only gather at most around 50% of what the physician says. I knew it. I knew it was going to be that one. Yeah. I, I think about that all the time. So when I'm explaining something to someone, first of all, I try not to explain a ton of stuff because otherwise they're not going to, they're not going to remember it. And I try to simplify it so that if whatever they do take, they can hopefully take back the parts yeah. that they understand, you know? Yeah. Um, but knowing that they're going to lo- like walk out, think of how many times, like even us who like, for example, like I just went to the dermatologist and he was talking about like a mold to be removed on my knee, for example. And 
I am very well like aware of the things that he was talking about and still I walked out and was like oh shoot like I don't even remember him like Randy said something like oh he said it was just gonna be this and I I remember thinking like I don't even remember him saying those words (laughs) so like even us even us who are are more yeah our ears are are more ready to hear (laughs) yeah kind of like physician speak or physician jargon um just think of that next time like you go to the doctor and and you walk out and you're like oh well i'm trying to remember that conversation like imagine imagine an athlete who has literally has no idea oh man dude i've I've had an athlete like that who asked him like what his surgery was because it was an incoming athlete Mm -hmm. and he didn't know i just sat there like you just like had them cut into you and you're just like, yeah, I don't know. That's another level of trust. Yeah. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> so like this had to be done. So. so yes, this athlete going to the doctor requires someone, someone needs to be there. <laughs> someone needs to be there to relay. Cause I'll, there has been a situation where he told me one thing and then I got the news from the actual doctor and I said, wow, that is way off. From what I was told, <laughs> so I, I appreciate have, this. Because of that situation, I have had physicians request that an athletic trainer is at their doctor's appointment. It does make it nice. It does. That, it does. that is one thing I do miss being at the doc visits because mm-hmm. it was nice to be in the same room, mm-hmm. especially for the for the athlete standpoint. Because I had this happen all the time. The athlete wasn't happy about something, whether it was like, hey, maybe the med they were on, right? It mm-hmm. wasn't reacting well for them or like, hey, like they still kind of have this kind of concern. We get in the room and by the way, our team docs have been great, not like intimidating at all or anything like that, right? So very approachable. Get in the room, you know, he'll, the doctor will be like, okay, so, you know, what's, you know, what's going on? How's everything going? Oh, well, everything's good. <laughs> and I'd be like, Squeaky wheel, squeaky wheel, squeaky wheel. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, well, weren't you saying that like, hey, this med's making you feel like this? Or like, hey, didn't you say like this kind of was your concern? And they'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> it helps when you have someone there. It does. It really does. Because as soon as you get there, you're like, uh, I don't remember. Nope, everything's, I, everything's okay. I feel great. Yeah. I feel 100%. Yeah, I'm never gonna forget those ones. Those ones were funny. <laughs> those ones were funny. Have you ever had a physician come in and talk to an athlete about not re- well? I should preface this because I feel like you've had some physicians who just kind of would their bedside man- manners <laughs> just very much like just shut it down and. Have you thought and- about quitting? <laughs> 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 but you know what's funny. speaking of that is that like that's that doctor in particular that we're kind of talking about Uh at the end of the day really cared about those kids like i would i would have to prep the athletes before they saw them because some people would get rubbed the wrong way Mm -hmm. so i'd have to prep them like hey this doctor is very confident (laughs) in what he does and he's very good at what he does Uh it's gonna come off as as a little aggressive, a the intentions li- a little good. arrogant, but honestly, he really cared about these student athletes. Like he would ask what their 
doing, like what they're majoring in at school. Like he really cared about like what they had going on in their lives. Mm-hmm. So sometimes the, the have you thought about quitting was a little more of a joke, but obviously some athletes don't like to hear that. Oh, I didn't realize it was a joke. Actually, I don't think he was that that serious. Uh-huh. I mean, some of it is kind of true. Like, okay, we've done all these things, and like you're right. still having issues. Okay, well, I mean, let's your amputate. Ne- your next stop is well, maybe just not playing that sport anymore. Right, right. But yes, that was a good. I remember that. Those are good times. Okay, but for real though, have you ever had an athlete like? Any athlete who has had to sit down and kind of like think about hanging up their cleats or, or whatever, um, not return to sport. Have you ever had to bring a physician in? Not like that. Yeah, not like that. I mean, like I said, the one with the back. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that wasn't necessarily a conversation that we all had. That she was kind of. It started coming up. Because, um, unfortunately, one thing that we had to consider was, I believe, she was a scholarship athlete. Mm-hmm. So, if you if you don't, so from a team standpoint, if mm-hmm. she isn't disqualified, right, that's a scholarship lost to the team to use. Mm-hmm. So, they still have to pay out that scholarship. If you medically uh disqualify her Mm -hmm. the school will still pay that scholarship but now the team gets Mm -hmm. that scholarship back Mm -hmm. so they can use it for someone else interesting so either way the athlete's being taken care of right Right. that's the most important thing so it's from a standpoint of okay how exactly do we want to manage this Mm -hmm. for the athlete but also considering the pressure that the team's under Mm -hmm. okay of, of what exactly is this unfortunately d1 athletics is also still somewhat of a business Mm-hmm. so um also be being able to navigate that so that did come up and i, I can't remember exactly how it was, how we handled it but it was kind of like a i don't know i, I there wasn't like a big sit down mm-hmm. like we didn't just have a big sit down of like hey here's what we're gonna do mm-hmm. yeah i'm trying to think i don't think i've had any other because like, again all my sports haven't been like like in most of them have been track so it's mm-hmm. like it's not like you're not having the hey this is like your fifth concussion i feel like you say most of them have been tracked but i feel like you also haven't worked track in like three yeah that's true it has been a long time but i've never like three four yeah that's true actually it has been a while but like i'm i'm not in like an intensive like impact like collision sports right like so i'm not having the hey this is your fifth concussion talk right you know like Yeah, the the potential is there for when I was working soccer and I have basketball now, but I just haven't mm-hmm. had that yet. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm a like we're gonna end this and then I'm gonna be like, dang remember. it, I forgot about. <laughs> I did have a performer who was having severe mental health like triggers oh, okay. when they got to the theater, uh-huh. and so I wasn't part of that conversation, but I know that they had to have a conversation about. Um, like mitigating that I don't know whatever happened to that person yeah the only time I can think of is maybe just sometimes the athlete like hey like this is their third ACL tear Mm -hmm. do I really want to go through this again kind Mm -hmm. of conversation Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't know I never really got to yeah I don't know we never had like a big sit down and like 
Stuff. But I also feel like most of the time it's not going to be a big sit down. It's either going to be they're going to sit down in the office or you're going to sit yeah. down in, in your office or it's not going to be like all three of you. Yeah. I think the only time that I've really had that was with this emergency situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but th- that was also a multiple concussion and yeah. a neck um, yeah. involvement. So, and it was football. So it was just, um, there was a lot going yeah. on. Um, but I, but I think that most of the time it's going to be more like either, uh, coming from your physician or yeah talking to you or honestly, I feel like most of the time when it's time, like the athlete will kind of, yeah, I feel like the athletes kind of know. Yeah. They, I, if anything, they kind of know. But- you know when you have to have this conversation, it really actually is a hard conversation yeah. because the athletes most of the time not going to be like, yeah, I'm ready. Yeah. I feel like sometimes deep down they kind of know like it right. probably is time they just don't want to hear it yeah they don't want to hear it yeah well especially like i've had one I, one of the long-term concussions uh-huh. was um created a lot of anger and so like anger management yeah which made conversations a little bit tougher because obviously um their fuse was a little short. Yeah. So kind of navigating that. Um, I actually did remind you, speaking of like the athletes kind of knowing, we had, I had a, um, a pole vaulter, like senior year too. Mm-hmm. And she, she had a pretty extensive knee surgery history, like Ooh. with like meniscus stuff. Mm-hmm. And like she was having some problems at the big, like during the off season, mm-hmm. like right, right, like in the fall going into like the winter. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, we were like, yeah, you know, you should probably see your, your surgeon again. Cause she mm-hmm. was going back home. Mm-hmm. And when she saw her surgeon, um, again, you know, they did the imaging and stuff and they, they hit her with, so you basically have like 60 year old knees. Great. Love that. Yep. And they told her if she were to keep going, she would need a total knee replacement before she was the age of 30. Ouch. And this this athlete wanted to be a surgical PA. So she's going to Oh wow, so on her on her feet. And she's going to be on her feet, right, mm-hmm. for long periods of time moving around. Mm-hmm. So she just decided, "Hey, you know what? Like I, I'm done. Like I don't like I don't need to do this." And I like I get it. I like having cuz more than likely she's going to need to have two maybe three knee replacements in her Oof. lifetime because Oof. of just how young she is. Right. You know, so that's crazy. It is. It is. So and I think in those situations, right, the athlete kind of knew, like, hey, right. like, this is, like, it would be nice to finish my senior year, but also, like, I have more, like, valuable things in my life that I don't want to miss out on. And that's the thing. I think we talked about it last episode, too, but, like, us as athletic trainers, part of our job is to look for the athlete's well-being outside of sport and, and beyond <laughs> what they're doing now yeah which is really hard in the moment they're not the athletes like i don't care yeah i just want to play yeah um can you share actually a little bit more of that process what it's like to have a conversation with an athlete who you um have had to disqualify for a stress fracture i mean it's basically kind of like your acl one Mm -hmm. like because to them it's basically like an acl injury Mm -hmm. like granted Mm -hmm. you're not out a year but you miss your year and depending mm-hmm. on the significance, like you're going to be out a few months. Mm-hmm. You're going to be away from running. 
Um, so a lot of times it is that kind of like um, similar conversation as you would if you're suspecting ACL. Obviously, the clinical exam is a little bit different. Like I don't have necessarily a great, you know, there's not a lot of great special tests for uh, stress fracture. So like, like, you don't, you can't say like, oh yeah, this feels loose. So I don't, right. like, I'm, I'm worried about this, right? Like mm-hmm. a lot of times you have to go off of like, cause like, I really like the fulcrum test. So a lot of times, Hey, I'll do this. And like just how they describe their pain. I just let them know like, Hey, you know, you know, because of pain with this and mm-hmm. just how it's been described, you know, I'm just, I am a little bit worried that, Hey, we might be looking at like a bone issue. Mm-hmm. Right. And then I'll, I would refer them. You know, they'd be like, okay. All right, and then once they kind of get that that imaging done, and can kind of hit some right around there, that, oh, yeah, there is, like, stress reaction, stress fracture. So mm-hmm. it is kind of, like, similar to the ACL conversation. There's, you don't you don't necessarily have a lot of definitive things to say, like, oh, I don't like the feel of, oh, this feels loose. Or, you know, a lot of times it's just like, hey, I just don't like the way it's described. Mm-hmm. Um, when I do this, it kind of hurts you, or it could kind of hint at that. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, lastly, I feel like we've had, and I, I've shared this before, but I am still wondering <laughs> if other people have had such a high incidence of Achilles tendinopathy and Achilles ruptures as I have seen, I feel like, in this last season. Slash, I know the NFL has kind of... The NFL had a few this year. Yeah, well, I think that they had like over 20 but i think that's normal for them like 18 to i think what made it seem big this year is there were a lot there were a few big names big names right that, that got it right but i feel like i haven't seen that much yeah um at our level yeah um but suddenly i feel like achilles tendinopathy was probably my number one injury this past season oh interesting mhm that sucks mhm that yeah. sucks mhm and soft tissue too. Like you wouldn't think that of, and it wasn't just one position group. It was probably like one or two people from each position group. Oh, interesting. Right. And mm. then you think, okay, well, what are they all doing? That's the same. That's, yeah. Did they, doing this. I was working with my strength coach to try to figure this out so much. <laughs> it was, it was befuddling. Yeah. Both of oh, us. What a word. I'm telling you, that's an understatement. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. So anyway, do you have anything more on a comeback story? Uh, or a lack of a comeback <laughs> story, I guess, at the end? No, I just, it is truly the best part of the job, is when they come back. It is. It is really the coolest thing, to see them kind of do their sport and have fun with, you know, being back. And yeah, it's... I feel like in two ways, when they come back to their sport and... When they're all said and done, when they're on to new things, and they yeah. come back to see you. Yeah, that's always exciting. A different kind of comeback. Yeah, that is, yeah, that's true. That is always fun when when a, a former athlete comes back and mm-hmm. says hi. Mm-hmm. That's fun. Um. Anyway, that's all we got for this episode. So next uh, story episode, you know what? I think it's going to be National Athletic Training Month next time we uh, we I think record. You're right. We could bring back weird MOIs fun so anyway keep keep uh keep posted stay tuned keep on keeping on yes carry (laughs) on whatever you want to (laughs) do until our next episode uh we will have all of those story instagram posts on our stories 
Um, so you can submit your stories. Um, you can also go to our Facebook group, which I don't think I have updated what we're doing um, in the Facebook group lately, but uh, check that out. And then uh, if you guys are interested in CUs, we have some CU episodes, so check that out. There's some interesting new news with CUs going on, so stay tuned for that. I don't know when we're going to release that information, but um, I've never really been on that on this side of like, yeah. hey, stay tuned for this news stuff. We're, so. we're working on things. We're working on things. We're working on things. Okay. Um, yeah, but that's all I got. That's got perfect. Else? Nope. That's perfect. Thank you for helping us showcase athletic training behind the tape. Bye.